here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, lay hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den Podcast. What's going on, Badger? to the PPC Den Podcast, your home for all things Amazon advertising related. We're almost 200 episodes in. Thank you so much for listening and making us the world's longest running podcast on Amazon PPC. Today on the show, I am super stoked to have Chad Rubin join us. Uh, If you've never heard of Chad, you may be living under a rock. Uh, Chad, uh, I'm sure you've heard of The Prosper Show. Uh, He was a, let me get it right, he was a founding board member uh, of The Prosper Show way back in 2015. He's been talking about e-commerce and selling on Amazon uh, and has been selling on Amazon since before it was cool uh, way back in the, uh, almost like a decade ago. Um, he was the co-founder of Seller's Choice. He started a company called Scubana, which was helping people, uh, do inventory management for when you sell on Amazon and off of Amazon. Uh, he's got an e-commerce brand called Think Crucial. He's an advisor for PickFu, uh, and he just started a new company called Prophecy. Uh, and today on the show, we're going to talk about pricing optimization, uh, which believe it or not is a topic that we've never touched on in depth here on the pod, um, but it sounds awesome and price optimization is something that we should all add to our tool belts. Uh, I know it's definitely something I'm going to be taking back to the PPC managers here at AdBadger, digging in and talking about how we can incorporate a little bit of this into our workflow. So listen in if you wanted to hear sort of the most time efficient way to change things like ACoS, change things like conversion rate, uh, BSR, because it only takes two seconds to change the price. Uh, However, it can be super impactful and make your conversion rate go up or make it go down. And we're going to talk about situations uh, that are worth talking about here. So without further ado, welcome Chad Rubin to the show. Chad, I am stoked to have you on the show today. Uh, I feel like pound for pound, your experience on Amazon is unreal. Everything from the Prosper Show to Scubana to now doing price optimization, you've really gone deep into the Amazon ecosystem. And I was curious, like, what did you do first? And did you anticipate going this deep into Amazon? So I was covering stocks on Wall Street and I was covering internet stocks. So my parents had a vacuum store. I started helping them out. I started telling them that they should sell on Amazon. Amazon had just created the marketplace. And then finally, I got laid off from my job on Wall Street. This is February, Friday the 13th in 2009. 
and I already started my parents' reselling business, and I knew that the writing was on the wall around resellers, and so I pivoted and changed the strategy to going direct to consumer. So I like just took what I knew about the internet and about Amazon, and then started applying that to real life in the marketplace, and then started building from there. And I don't, I'm really I love e-commerce. I love building. I love solving hard problems, and so that's really where I've centered most of my time and attention. For sure, I think um, I, I was super lucky to have gotten involved in Amazon in like 2010, so like sort of early. I was just lucky enough to have a Google Ads client who was like, "Hey, we also want to sell on Amazon," and at the time, they were having like mm. great success on Amazon. And like, I would mention that to other people at the time, like other Google ads clients. I was like, Hey, yeah. would you want to sell on Amazon? They're like, no. Uh, <laughs> and it's so crazy to want to see how it's evolved so far. So yeah, my hats off to everyone who started, uh, playing around in the Amazon ecosystem, like or as early as possible. And, and um, sure enough, just so you know, like at James Thompson, who's really the founder of prosper show invited me to participate. He was my account manager. Wow. When you had account managers that were centered in Seattle, right? That actually yeah. cared. And so we stayed in touch when he left Amazon. And so I started solving Stubana challenges of like multi-channel inventory management, mm -hmm. order management, and profitability. And I said, hey, James, you want to invest? He was like, hell yeah. And he said, do you want to do this Prosper Show thing? And I was like, hell yeah. And <laughs> boom. Yeah. It's fun to go uh, deeper into the thing that you're already like pretty in on and like finding other ways to to help. So... Your most recent venture is a company called Prophecy, which I find uh, lighten the incense, right? Yeah, set in the mood a little bit. <laughs> set, do you know the name of that scent? Like they always have fun names, like uh, Emerald Forest or something like mm. that. This is one that my wife hates, and it's Nag Champa. You might hear her saying, "Chad, turn off that incense." Yeah. <laughs> but. Also, we're keeping our voices relatively low. I'm joining you in keeping the, our voices low because we have a little one sleeping in like the next room yeah. over. Hashtag yeah. working from home. Yes, that's right. Um, so your latest sort of extension into the Amazon world is a company called Prophecy. And, mm -hmm. you know, we were talking before we hit the record button. We are like 190 episodes in on this podcast. And, you know, we're focused on Amazon advertising and periodically we'll have episodes about SEO or inventory management or product page optimization. Um, but we've never done one of all in on pricing strategy. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually super stoked to talk about this and it's right in line with your new company prophecy. So I guess like the first question before we even get into pricing strategy is what was the switch point for this new venture, why not some other element of optimization here? Yeah, so when I took some time off from Stubana, I started making note of all the stuff that pisses me off. And one of those things that pissed me off was the fact that I was turning around my e-commerce business, uh, which is Think Crucial, and I tried everything. And I was trying everything, and one day I was staring at a palm tree in the backyard, I just moved to Florida, and I had this epiphany moment where I was like, wait a minute, this is a massive lever that can swing a huge door. And why is nobody pulling this this lever? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I did everything. I tried optimizing my bid management with PPC. I cut fat at the business. Um, we struggle with inflation like every other e-commerce brand right now. 
raw material inflation, supply chain logistics inflation. And I just had this aha moment where I was like, pricing, why is no one changing pricing? Everyone's changing pricing. Amazon, Expedia, Uber, global hedge funds, they're all changing pricing and optimizing every penny of profit dynamically. So why can't sellers and brands on Amazon have that same superpower? Mm-hmm. So I started manually doing it, and then I started actually building software around it and automating it. I took a price class. Uh, it was a webinar on like software pricing, like how to set right pro- right pricing for your software, uh, or how to like boost retention and conversion and, and all that stuff. And like the moral of the story was like you could do so many things. You could do so many things. I mean, if we keep it on the Amazon example, you could do mm-hmm. a million things. You can have video shot. You can restructure your PPC campaign. You can rethink keyword strategy. You can play with product imagery. All yeah. of that stuff is very time intensive. It's like a like a, a lot of work, but basically the lesson from like software. And I think this is true for any industry anywhere. One of the easiest, fastest ways to test for conversion rate to optimize for lifetime value, average order value, all of that stuff is not a very robust like post-sale drip sequence, let's nail that. It's just like, hey, what if you like increase the price a certain percentage? Mm-hmm. What if you decrease at a certain percentage? What does that do to your conversion rate? And um, this has always been true and it's cool to see this being brought up more and more uh, in the Amazon space. Uh, we just hired a new campaign manager here at Amazon, uh, here at iBadger. And like, it was cool. Like he was like suggesting that to like every new customer. He's like, yes, your PPC needs all of this stuff, but have you thought about just changing your price? Mm-hmm. So let's go really broad with a really generalized question. Like what do, like, what is Amazon pricing strategy? Like if let's like define this in the dictionary here. So define an Amazon pricing strategy. So right now, prophecies, intention, the way that we've built our algorithm and our model is to optimize for and dynamically change price to maximize profit without sacrificing BSR. That is our intention. So I'll repeat again, maximize profit without sacrificing competitive positioning with BSR. Yeah. And so we're essentially bringing in all these different variables because it's not as simple as changing the price. Like you have all these gurus online saying, inflation is here, raise the price. But that actually is not the most optimal strategy because there's actually long-term implications that can happen on Amazon if you do change price and suddenly BSR changes, right? What happens then? Or what happens when your competition makes a change to your price change? So the reason why I started building something in data science was because there's so many data points. It, a human cannot process these data points. So you need to take statistical science, machine learning, behavioral science, and behavioral economics to pinpoint the optimal price. And by, by analyzing all these patterns of data, you're able to do it. So it's a pretty hard problem. So going even broader i want to go even broader than what you just mentioned so zoom out you want me to zoom Zoom out out even further okay like so here's how i think most people understand it it's like oh my conversion rate is low like that's a very common problem like oh my conversion rate is too low my a cost is too high like Mm -hmm. at the core of like all of this is it it's sort of saying like your conversion rate is a do is a result of a plethora of issues 
one tiny hinge that swings a big door is the price. So by modifying this price, we get to influence. It's almost like a super high leveraged number that actually influences everything, like down to profit. Yep. And it's easy to test and change. It's hard mm-hmm. to it's hard to measure. Right. Why do you think it's, what do you mean when it's for the, for a normal company out there listening to this, mm-hmm. why is it? So like, I guess the worst case scenario is they're not doing any price testing level. And then, so if that's like level zero and then like level one, I've always said how difficult AB testing is on Amazon or testing anything in general is difficult on Amazon. But like, what would you say? Like if somebody's not doing that, like what is like the next level up? Like what is like first base? In okay, terms first of base. Pricing? Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, is what I was doing before I started prophecy. So first base to give you a, a base hit, you want to start with maybe look at your eighty twenty Pareto principle. So eighty percent of your revenue comes from twenty percent of SKUs. Pick mm-hmm. one SKU, right, and make a spreadsheet and think about all the variables that can impact when you make a change and you want to understand, right? So you have data at your fingertips so that you're not just making guesstimates. You maybe you want to make a look, take a look at your current BSR on the current price. Uh, you may want to look at how many reviews you have, uh, the keywords you're ranking for, and then do a reverse ASIN lookup and find other, other companies uh, that are ranking on those keywords and take a look at their price, their reviews, mm-hmm. their BSR. So you want to start combining everything together. And then when you make a change, annotate it, and then start understanding, okay, well, how does that impact my BSR? Am I still positioned one, two, three on that on the keywords that I actually care about? Uh, and what is my conversion rate and what is my session rate? So you want to start putting that into a spreadsheet, a template, and tracking it, really. And it can have a massive, massive impact. And if you want, we can like walk through an example of just like what one dollar and a one dollar increase to do to your business, please. An increase upwards or downwards. So an, an example would be: let's do some quick math, right? Let's just say you're selling a garlic press, and it's fifteen dollars. The cost of it is a dollar sixty-five. Your FBA fees, let's just say the referral fee on that is two dollars and twenty-five cents, and the FBA fee is three ninety-six or four dollars, whatever. Roughly, it's about seven dollars of profit. You go into Helium Ten or Jungle Scout and you see that that unit's selling 4,000 units a month, right? This is like page one, rank three for a garlic, garlic press. So that's $28,000 of profit right there, 28,000, right? Now you increase the price from 1497 to say 1597. And assuming the cost is the same, obviously, referral fee uh, has gone up just slightly because of Amazon's percentage in their take rate. Keeping the FBA fee, right? You're now looking at a profit of about seven dollars and eleven cents on a four thousand dollar four thousand units. That's roughly thirty, almost thirty-two thousand dollars. Okay. So on that one skew, we changed one skew. We managed to increase profit by twelve percent. Now let's play it forward, though. Twelve percent increase of profit for one skew. That's thirty-four hundred dollars a month. Multiply that by 12, it gives you your annual profit for the SKU, right? So it's close to $41,000, it's $40,800. Now, here's the kicker though. Typically, right now, Amazon businesses are getting a three or four X multiple, right? Roughly, maybe a year and a half ago, you're looking at five to six, but let's just use four, let's be conservative. 
essentially you're looking at a $1 increase, increases your enterprise value by $163,000. Now that's assuming that the price increase was a good and optimal decision to make. And it's not always the optimal decision. So anyway, I just to, to underline the point, right? If you yes. just go up $1, right? It, this is the tiny lever swings a massive door is that a $1 increase can actually increase your enterprise value by almost $164,000 if you do it correctly. I want to touch on when it's bad in a second. I just took that note down, but sticking with that exact same example, uh, just sort of understanding the principle of it all too. You know, generally we think of, you know, uh, a Ferrari dealership is going to sell fewer cars per day than the, uh, Honda dealership, shout out Honda, um, <laughs> because the Honda is a cheaper product. It's more accessible to more people. The Ferrari is a much higher price product. Um, so like, I guess you could say like, uh, the orders per day on a Ferrari right. versus a Honda is going to be lower. Right. However, do like in the example where you increase the garlic press price a little bit, is it reasonable to like i'm what i'm what i'm sort of getting at is like what is the overall trend like obviously increasing your price improves your profit and obviously there's going to be a break point where you've increased your profit by i'm sorry you've increased your price by 10 bucks and all of a sudden nobody's buying so your conversion mm -hmm. rate went down your profit per sale is much higher but now you're getting far fewer orders so like and then on the flip side if you lower price i take it your conversion rate goes up but it's possible that you're sacrificing profit um, is that Hold the on, I general, wanna, like, can I clarify for you? Please. Yeah, yeah. So I think this goes to your question around when it's not okay to raise a price. So let's yeah. just say we didn't raise price by a buck. Let's mm -hmm. say actually we lowered price. Maybe that's the optimal strategy, right? So you lower price, it spurs demand. Mm -hmm. You increase velocity and that offsets the lowered price. So your profit mm -hmm. dollars increase because you're selling more units. That results in a lower BSR, which means it's an improvement of your competitive positioning, right? And then maybe even your organic ranking, your placement increases so that you're not renting space on Amazon any longer with PPC, but you own that space. That's a hypothetical mm -hmm. like dialogue that needs to happen in, in someone's head. And that's just like a starting point of, okay, now we're thinking about, okay, maybe we raise price, maybe we lower price. Now we start playing on both sides of the equation. And most importantly, if you're looking down to first base, you have to know what's your, what's your absolute lowest margin you're willing to take for a product. What's your min price and what's your max price? Your floor and ceiling price have to be delineated and having all your costs in one place help you make that decision. Yeah. Yeah. I sort of wanted to, I think we've done it now and I'm going to attempt to recap what was what you just sort of mentioned, just sort of like the mechanism, like the, I'm really big into like inputs and outputs, like mm -hmm. actions and reactions, like data, what action, like what's our data, what's our action. And then what would we expect to happen? Uh, I do that a lot. Like anytime I'm auditing a PPC campaign, it's like, Oh, I'm noticing this, this would be the recommended action. This would be the expected result. Like I, I'm like really fascinated with that, like chain of events. Mm -hmm. Um, so with pricing, you know, confirming my understanding here with you, let's say you're selling 10,000 units. If you increase your price a dollar and you could still send 10,000, you can still sell 10,000 units. You just increased your profit by $10,000, uh, minus fees and all that stuff. Even if your orders were to go down slightly, 
you just increase your price by like 10%. So even if your orders went down per day, 2%, you'd still be making 10% more profit per sale. Like, mm-hmm. is that a fair understanding? Yeah, of yeah. The, yeah. Um, or potentially your or, your orders don't go down and they stay where they are and then you have maximum upside. Or maybe they go up, right? Like, or maybe they go up. You don't know unless you test. Mm-hmm. And the thing with Amazon is there's no shortage of data to test with, yeah. but you're getting everything at your fingertips. It's about processing that data. Yep. And so I was doing it manually initially and I'm like, wow, this is overwhelming. Especially I have 550 SKUs. I have a thousand listings on Amazon, like all private label. So finding what the optimal decision to make based on the pattern of data is very, very hard. And that's why we built Prophecy. Right. right? But if you have one SKU, you know, you can hypothetically do it. It's going to be, I mean, maybe a better thing to do with your time, but you can at least get a sense for and get a feel for what that optimization looks like. Right on. And just to understand the principle a little further, on the flip side, you're selling a product for $14.99, you lower it to $13.99, you would be looking at the same metrics to understand if that was a good decision. Did orders go up? Did profit go up? Where do I rank competitively? Sessions. Let's look at BSR, all of that stuff. Yeah, Conversion yeah, yeah. rate, even your ATOS, right? Mm-hmm. Like Because, well, advertising cost of the sale, the sale is your price. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, heavily influenced by conversion rate, average order value, all that stuff, your revenue mm-hmm. per click. Uh, makes total sense. So, and I, I just want to say one last yeah. thing is that even the idea of just ra- when people say raise price or lower price, you're still mm-hmm. statically pricing. So right. you, you want to actually move into fluctuating demand with dynamic pricing. That's really mm-hmm. the holy grail. So what so, is it, a, a dynamic pricing strategy? So, well, so it's, <laughs> it's not an if then statement, mm-hmm. right? Essentially, what AI does is it finds patterns in your data and makes decisions based on having billions of lines of of data to Mm -hmm. make those decisions. So in short, typically most sellers pick a price point and it doesn't change. In fact, most sellers that we bring on Prophecy rarely, if ever, change price, which is pretty crazy. So when you can start predicting what demand, not only predicting the current price today, but predicting what the demand will be tomorrow for the optimal price... That's what a dynamic strategy is. And you can choose from having one in the supply, demand, or price elasticity curve, right? You go from having one revenue to choose from to multiple revenues to choose from at different times of the day. Wow. So I guess another interesting question there too is why don't people do price optimization? Well, actually, people do. Um, If you look at Thrasio's career page, I think they have job openings for about 14 different data scientists along with pricing mm-hmm. optimization specialists. So they're onto it, right? Mm-hmm. And they have a budget to support a massive data science team. And these people were not part of the recent layoffs that happened. So people are on it. I think that you know, right now, e-commerce in general is going through a storing period and we are entering into this new era. I think if you look at what's happened on Amazon, right? You had resellers, private label, mm-hmm. then these organic brands had to learn how to be sellers to become advertisers. Mm-hmm. You're most comfortable talking about that, right? Like you've been able to capitalize on that with Ad Badger, And now you have to move from a seller to an advertiser to 
becoming an algorithmic brand, in my opinion. Like to be able to capitalize on all the data that's happening, this is to me directionally where things are going, right? So mm-hmm. the future of operating on Amazon to me is AI that is anticipating, suggesting, and maximizing to helping you account- help you accomplish more and process the data, kind of like a co-pilot. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Couldn't, so anyway, why more. why are people not why are people not changing price? Like they don't have access to a data science team. They don't have the leverage. They are scared. Here's another one, right? Like, well, what happens if I raise my price too much? There's Amazon suppression of the buy box. Mm-hmm. If you're selling on multiple different channels, and let's just say you're selling Amazon, and now you're in the Target program, well, Target can become your floor price. And that leaves a little room of upside because, well, Amazon doesn't want you to be higher than Target. So you have to essentially map to Target's price, and that becomes a challenge. So I think there's a lot of trepidation or reasons. Like people think, oh, if I change my price, maybe my BSR will change. And it's happened so quickly, you got to keep up with it. And it's difficult to manage. And just so you know, we built suppression monitoring activity in the actual model itself for, for us at Prophecy. That's something that you'd want to... If you're getting on first base, you'd want to monitor suppression for sure. And by suppression, you mean if you change the price and your BSR went in an undesirable direction, going in and see, going in and correcting course, or or you meant suppressed, like losing the buy box. Losing the buy box, yeah. So Amazon might say, "Hey, you made a." And by the way, we don't make thirty percent incremental changes. We make small changes conservatively on the way up, and we make conservative changes on the way down. Uh, but Amazon might say, hey, you just increased price by 30%. That's not competitive. We're going to list you on the second page, the detail page on Amazon, not on the actual buy box page. Yeah. You know, you brought up a really interesting point that I love to talk to people about. You know, the situation is company selling on Amazon walks into a, a room and says, why is my profit, you know, why hasn't my profit grown 10% this quarter? And theoretically in that room, there should be an advertiser, a data scientist, a brand manager, like a like there should be many people. And I think like, it's just another hat that people need to think about, um, whether they're, you know, a solopreneur, they need to dedicate some time a week to sort of like thinking about the data of their company. And obviously that's where tools come into play to help us digest this kind of information for sure so that you know we do this exercise all the time when we're optimizing accounts it's like well what does you know what kinds of things maybe can a human do best what kinds of things do we need to offload to a tool Mm -hmm. does this does this i ideate any new tool ideas for us so like that kind of thing of like what a human does what like a brand person does what a data scientist does like what a tool is best at i think is like a heuristic that people need to like always process new activities in and um, I mean, absolutely, that's the direction that anything is going. So very cool. So we covered a bunch of stuff here in terms of pricing inputs, pricing outputs, expected results. I think that's so fascinating. Some other things that are interesting too is, have you ever noticed like pricing strategy differ when a product is launched versus when it's sort of in a, a year later? Yeah, yeah. So we're... We could have focused on like launch, a launch algorithm, and that's perhaps in the roadmap. But right now, in the era that we're in, with like distressed e-commerce businesses, aggregators making layoffs, right, halting acquisitions for us, like everyone's 
everyone's moved from like growth at all costs to a sustainable profit with a long-term view. And that happened really quickly. And so I want to focus on profit first. So yes, there is a different strategy for optimizing for BSR or optimizing for revenue than there is for profitability. And so we're just focusing on profitability, but it would be a completely different strategy for BSR. That, that sort of goes into another question. Uh, I'm just sort of like generally curious, like one thing that generally anecdotally gets talked about is like shoppers on Amazon are hyper cost sensitive. Like they always want the lowest price. Anecdotally, like, do you believe this to be true? Um, you know, what do you, what do you, yeah. how do you respond to that question? So anecdotally, I would go to experience mm-hmm. and I would say, okay, do I always buy the lowest price? No, I don't. In fact, there's a lot of perceived value that happens maybe by looking at reviews or looking at the images or looking at, uh, in fact, you can test this yourself, right? You can go to your Amazon account and add 50 products to your cart and you, you can keep track of those price changes. So that's really why I focus on Amazon is that Amazon has become this commodity marketplace. People don't search for Bose headphones. They search for noise canceling headphones. 70% of searches are actually focusing on the generic term. And so anyway, long story short is like Amazon is changing pricing two and a half million times a day, every 10 minutes. And Amazon brands should be doing the same thing. So you know, to, I guess to answer that question, uh, is the low, lowest price always best? And then the answer oh, is so like, test it the, out. The answer when is depth, it's not always it. the best. And yeah. it, there's so many other factors to consider when you're making a buying a buy a decision, right? In your in your buying decisions, right? Like I sometimes I won't buy the seven dollar garlic press. I'll buy the one that's fourteen ninety nine for a specific reason. Reason. So you don't know until you test. And so like I'm not telling people to make waxing changes to their pricing. I'm saying like. Just look at the data. Amazon's giving you all the data to make these decisions. And you can do this too. Right on. Um, Well, Chad, this has been a really cool look into pricing strategy. A really cool look into sort of how you guys have, you know, focused from a data scientist perspective of how do we crunch as much data as we possibly can into... um, come up with a dynamic pricing strategy where where you are trying to predict what is the optimal price tomorrow to optimize profit and maintain BSR. I think that's uh, maintain BSR. Yeah, or main- is there maintain also- it. Maintain it. Yeah. Awesome. I wish you so much luck at Prophecy. When do you open up to the general public? So right now we're actually open. Um, oh, you are. The challenge, I mean, you're a SaaS founder, so you understand the challenges with scale. Uh, so I'm, I'm a one, I'm pretty much, I have a pr- pretty built out data science team and engineering team, and we just can't onboard people quick enough, which is a champagne problem to have. We have about 200 people in our wait list right now, uh, and we can probably onboard like three people a week. And so I'm like dripping the onboard. So technically we're, we're live. And we're seeing, by the way, in terms of results, we're seeing typically a 10 to 12% increase in profit lift for our brands that we bring on, which is pretty amazing. I mean, I'm pretty excited about it. I feel good. I just feel pretty overwhelmed, as I'm sure you've been in the same situation where I'm just running this scrappy and I kind of forgot what it was like to build from scratch. Yeah, lucky you. 
um, so for anyone listening, uh, we'll include links in the description. It is P-R-O-F-A-S-E-E, prophecy. Prophecy, yeah, so play on words. Mm-hmm, I dig it. Um, Chad, thank you so much for coming on the PBC Den podcast. Everyone else, we'll see you here next week. Thank you for having me. Yes, have a good one, Chad. 